Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I stopped trying to prove I'm smart. I usually do the second verse of Subterranean Homesick Blues. Mm. Maggie comes fleet foot face full of black soot talking that the heat put plants in the bed. Because I love the... I lo- oh, it's starting! <laughs> you don't need to do sound check anymore. Freddy don't care. <laughs> Watch this intro. Your dough is so good. What? <laughs> oh, jinxed for sure. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Gano, Matt, Pat, Reddy, Rich, and I are broadcasting from our show creator self here in Las Vegas. That's all true. You suck. So far, it's all true facts. <laughs> On today's show, we've got stage magician of the year, fire-eating world record holder, and foolish contestant, the great Lucy Darling is in studio with us today. Here he is preaching love, Mr. Pendulette. Well, maybe we should. Yeah, we're preaching a lot. Maybe we should call you Lucy because I never get the name Carissa right. <laughs> I'm one of the people. Does everybody put an L into it? Yeah, everybody. Every, everybody. I'm everybody. so used to it. But it's nice because it's a good way to like make people feel crappy uh, when you first meet them. Yeah. And then you have the upper hand. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come uh, in with the power of that's that. That's how yeah. you power. do it. I tried to introduce you from the stage and completely choked. <laughs> you did. I totally choked. I do want to do the L. They know the L isn't there. And then I never know the number of R's. Just the one. Just the one R. Yeah, my folks were real lazy. Carissa. They were like, how few letters can we get the sound we're Is looking Carissa for? a name or did it, they make it up? It's a name. Uh, it means like a flowering bush. Uh, yeah, real artistic. My parents were like 17 when they had me. I'm I'm oh, pretty really? sure they just like threw a dart at a board and they were like, that's some sounds. Let's move on. Did you have a good relationship with your parents? It's, they was. Young parents can sometimes be uh, bad. Yeah, they, well, <laughs> my dad's really cool. Like he's a cool. Like he used to take stuff apart and blow stuff up in the backyard. Like mm-hmm. I remember, <laughs> I remember him making. Do you have siblings? The, I have one little brother, and my favorite thing is my dad and I used to like make little flash things, and we'd put them in the fireplace, and then we'd light them on fire with like different length fuses, and just wait for them to go bang and blow the cover off the fireplace and scare the crap out of my mom. So as a result, I have a really good relationship with my dad, not so much with my mom, because we used to blow shit up and uh, try to freak her out. Your mom and dad still together? No, no. They split up when I was like uh, like 18, and I remember getting the call and well, going- 18? Oh, That's yeah. pretty- From 17 to 18? Yeah, they did. They stayed time. together your whole life, uh, half their whatever. There's a, something interesting mathematical. <laughs> We'll let the listeners take over the math yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah, it's some interesting math. Yeah, no, they're cool. Yeah, yeah. They're cool people. And so they broke. They they split up when you were eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I got kicked out of the house at sixteen. So I found kicked out kicked out of the house. Yeah, how'd you get kicked out of the house? Well, I was kind of listen. I was kind of a shit. I kind of sucked. <laughs> you deserved it. Is that what you're saying? Well, you're that, no, kinda, you, you don't know. No, <laughs> you don't get to. I mean, unless you're telling me that's an option. Well, I mean, uh, so, okay. So I, I, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and so my extracurricular activities were being a volunteer. So I would volunteer for like Art of Youth and all these cool programs. And what was the first one you said? Art of Youth. Art of Youth. So like that's a, a Canadian thing. It's a Canadian thing. Because there's no American. Art no, you guys don't make art. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for Joni Mitchell and Neil Young, there'd be nothing. We buy Gordon, Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> yeah, you got to import it. Uh, so yeah, so Doug Kenny. that does a lot to your ego as a kid, I think. Like I was winning a lot of leadership awards and 
stuff and all of the adults that I worked with would be like, you are so intelligent and charming. And but none cool. of that's leading up to getting thrown out of your house. Well, but then I go home and my parents are like, like we live a little poor and like they're doing their best and they're basically kids themselves and I'm just this snooty like, oh, oh are you having trouble putting gas in the car? Mm, fuck you. You were, uh, you were thrown out for being shitty yeah too upper class pretty much yeah I, I, i've never heard a story like this <laughs> it's an insane story you don't get thrown out for that you get thrown out for doing angel dust and hooking it's okay so, <laughs> where's the trumpets <laughs> here's what i think really happened here's what really happened is i think my dad was like he had a reaction so he's like get out and i was like fine and then but what the, the reaction the reaction implies action Right. What was, oh, fine, get out. What caused that? What did you do? I I, uh, I didn't, like, I came home after a day of volunteering somewhere, and they, I didn't want to. A day of volunteering? <laughs> That's not hooking and doing angel dust. I That's not meth. I didn't want to help around Amazing the house because I was Jonathan tired. gets blown out. Well, you, <laughs> he gets thrown out of his house. Now, you, you, didn't, yeah. you were tired. You didn't want to help? I didn't want to help with, like, the dishes or something. Like, I, I just had, like, had enough. Right, but they're the parents, and there was also like a communication issue about like what was well, going you're on. Both can, all Canadians, <laughs> right? Very Canadian. But I mean, I, I'm so I'm not on board with this at all. <laughs> I don't understand. You know, it, it seems like if your children aren't hitting you <laughs> and stealing things, no. right? Right. You can't throw no, them out. Yeah. You can't throw them out you for being high Would you throw them out? I would not, but the but I want to sometimes. They're very <laughs> how, old, how old are your children? They're, they're, so it's complicated because I don't want to necessarily say they're mine. They're my girlfriends, but I'm pretty involved. Uh, but they're two and four and they're super, yeah. super cute. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah, I'm like, mm, is four too early to kick them out? <laughs> so at 16, it's a Canadian said, thing. They said, Apparently, it's out. Canadian. They said, so I think, I think what would have happened is my dad would have come into my room in the morning and been like, "Hey, kids, sorry," but what I did was I was like, "Well, fuck you." I'm awesome, and I contacted all of the adults who I worked with in this volunteer community, and they showed up with a convoy at like 8 a.m. and just helped me take all my stuff out of my room and like moved me into my friend's house into the basement and like looked at my parents with this like, you scum. And you, uh, there's no... Kidnapping is not a crime in Canada? <laughs> well, at 16, Canada? I mean, you're old enough to live on your own at 16. No, you're not. Well, you're legally old enough to live alone, in Canada at least. In Canada? <laughs> where the age of consent is like 11. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Canada's, no, in the United States, We're like Oklahoma, you cannot like show it. up. You cannot show up at someone's house, take their child away, and move them to a basement. <laughs> yeah, that happens, yeah. And I think my parents were just too uh, proud. They were like, oh, well, we have two options how, here. How are you proud of having your <laughs> child taken away in a convoy? Like stuff. What is even the award for that? <laughs> What's it even called? I think it's like a plunger if you got an award for that. It's not good. It's very bad. Yeah. So. And the award for the most atrocious double down of a bluff ever. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, they're like, I guess we're pot committed. We'll just let her live in a basement somewhere. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. And you have a younger sibling. Yeah, I have a little brother. So he's yeah, he stayed. We're not super close because he he got a job because he wasn't highfalutin enough for you. <laughs> I mean, he didn't back of, you up on the chucking out kind of. thing. He he just finds me very uh, irritating and uh, flamboyant, mm. and he's like a business guy, and he just does business. Things. Just so that 
if aliens ever get this <laughs> podcast to try to figure out uh, fire eater is not highfalutin. <laughs> right? You, I, you, you went from what? Subs- <laughs> saying you're highfalutin to being carny trash? I, but it, I was carny trash. I was carny trash the whole time. I just think like we were. I and what sh- was your, what were the know. voluntary? Were you like a candy striper? No, I did a lot. I did a, like I'd take care of kids in a, a home where there were like battered women or I'd like go f- feed people at a food bank or we do like, um, like, you know, we clean up in parks and stuff. It was a lot of you different clean things. Clean up in parks? You wouldn't do the fucking dishes? <laughs> <laughs> I've I been to parks. I've been working all day. <laughs> Cleaning up other people's messes. I just want to go to bed. 16 is difficult. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. It's weird. It's weird. We, my dad and I just have Just for the record, I am 100% on your parents' side. <laughs> <laughs> there's not even, there's not, there's no area of gray here. There's no area of gray. Yeah. Well, clearly it worked out. You know, I have no daddy issues whatsoever. Uh, very well put together. I don't need the affection of strangers at all. So it's worked out great. Perfect. And this is all in Saskatchewan. This is in... Uh, Which I only asked you because I wanted to say Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatchewan. We had moved to Calgary, Alberta by then. Those are different places? They're different places. Okay. You don't need to know. No one cares about Canada. We're playing. We're playing Calgary. Oh, in, uh, yeah! There's a big, big theater. April the, or uh, probably the Jubilee. Stampede. Yeah, Jubilee. I don't know. April is it April? It's right before we go to Australia, maybe May, something like that. We're we're booked in Calgary. We've been booked. This is one of the places that because of you know COVID, we've canceled uh, twice or something. Yikes! Uh, or postponed. I guess we didn't cancel. We postponed. Yeah. And you know how? Um, I guess c- Canadians don't care, but the the Brits and the Australians get very upset at giving the money back. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians yeah, are probably it's fine give the money back yeah the uh, government will just figure it out and give it back to but us we're going we're going up to Cal- Calgary to play there yeah it's good audience now to me and, and you know they can change it if they want but to me Calgary is very far northwest in Canada is that right no it's in the middle right it's it's in the no it's not what, even in the middle it's what slow. is up there in the north is that Vancouver Vancouver's still low pretty much you know what the thing is I think people imagine like Canada to, ha- to be like full of people all the way across, and it's not. We put them all right above the oh. border, like just above the border. The I went. Part. I went to the uh, World's Fair when it was in Canada in like the yeah. late '80s, early '90s, whatever it was, and the Northern Territories did the hippest thing I have ever seen. When they did their, they do their little. Um, uh, you'd have little pavilions, right? And if you're the host, are there even World's Fairs anymore? No, there are. They not. just finally said, "Fuck it." Yeah, right? they would. Nobody's coming. That was sensible. But uh, I love, I love World's Fairs because mm-hmm. it's got the word "fair" in it. <laughs> Without the word "craft," ah. that's all I need out of fair. Okay, so I have never been to a World's Fair. Are there still corn dogs? Yeah, those then are I'm state in. fairs. Sure. Well, yeah, right. That's what no, I. No, we still got corn dogs. Yeah, yeah no corn problem. Corn dogs and 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 uh, and you know deep fat and fried Snickers. Every one of them is mm. corn dogs dog. from around the mm. world. In fact, there are now Korean corn dog places here in Vegas. Really? What? You need to go to a dogs? Korean. Corn we put dogs. the dog <laughs> in corn dog. Is that their is that their slogan? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I would hope not. Um, I, I think it's well. cheese. They put the cheese in corn dogs. But see, so I went to Vancouver for the yeah. World's Fair. That's when I was. I think I've told the story. 
I was considered to be a danger to myself and others. Did I tell you that story? <laughs> mm -hmm. I was locked up at the World's Fair for being a danger to myself and others. I was a danger. How many corn dogs did you eat? <laughs> that was that was the, no the, the 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 story. Very briefly is just um, I was on Miami Vice and I was also on Broadway, and so uh, the girlfriend I had at the time thought maybe we get a VIP tour, and I also knew that the person that ran VIP tours had booked me at, at, a, at, a, at, at working. So I called up and said, you know, can I get a VIP tour? And she said, only if you're a danger to yourself and others. Like they'd brought like Prince Charles through and stuff like that for a VIP tour. Because we don't give VIP tours because you're important. It's only because if we think you're a danger to yourself and others, if you're out in public. So they talked to people there and they said, um, Yes, he's been on Miami Vice. He's been on, you know, Letterman and all that. A lot of Saturday Night Live. He's a danger to himself and others. And I said, terrific. <laughs> so we flew in to be dangerous to ourselves. And being a VIP at a World's Fair is incredible. You can go through five days of things in like two days because they take you in the back entrance of everything. You have a special person showing you through. They have an umbrella. There's no lines for anything. You just go through. It's a very, very good gig. And the only time I asked for it in my life, because I'd be too embarrassed, but this girlfriend was, was a bit pushy. So, um, but we got there a night early. We're supposed to start at nine in the morning. And we got there like at seven in the, uh, the day before, seven in the evening. So I said, let's just go to one of the pavilions by ourselves. And we went to one of the pavilions, and there was a busload of, um, of uh, like, junior high girls who recognized me from Miami Vice and ran across there and knocked me down and piled on top of me. And I was yelling, this is my, you know, eighth grade masturbatory fantasy, and now it's going to kill me. And I was hurt, and they were hurt piling on top. They fell over things. And so the guard picked me up and said, you're the guy from Miami Vice. You're a danger to yourself and others. And I said, yes, that's why they made me a VIP. And they threw me out of the, of the whole thing and said, you can't go out of your hotel room till the next morning when the person shows up with an umbrella. Oh. <laughs> so I went, it was wonderful going around there. So I was limping because I'd been crushed by teenage girls. Um, <laughs> Not as good as you think it's going to be. No. <laughs> On paper, being crushed by teenage girls is fabulous. And we make them hearty in Canada, yeah. right? They weren't regular teenage girls. They were like lumberjacking on the weekends. Those are some hearty teenage girls. So the Northwest Territories, their pavilion, right? You do pavilions for each, like when they did in the United States, with each state had a pavilion. And like Newfoundland has like a, a live performance with fiddle and banjo crap, you know, and, and then they have, um, <laughs> you know, they have like logging for another place and maple syrup. But the Northwest Territories had so few people, they let every person do their <laughs> own little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% believe that. Like, it's true. People think people are going to listen to this and be like, what a funny joke. And it's like, no, there, no one they lives really there. Did. And it was no like, one lives there. It was like a piece of eight and a half by 11 yeah, paper. A check. And they had a picture of them <laughs> and they wrote a paragraph. Every fucking person in the Northwest Territory. And I just could not leave there. You know, my VIP guide was going, let's go. We have to get to the, we want to see the, you know, see the, see the, you know, the exhibit yeah, from China. We want to see the exhibit from, I was like, I want to see. Look at this guy. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs>
the best part about like the Northwest Territories and all that area is that's exactly right. There's no one lives there, but they they have so much funding that and they have nothing to do that they constantly bring in entertainers. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Canadian artist, every once in a while you get the call that's like, hey, we're gonna put you on a little plane, and you're gonna go up and perform in a pile of mud. <laughs> for 80 people who will think you're God. And you, you've done that? I've Oh, my God. Yeah. How many times? Uh, only three times. My my favorite one was we, I used to be part of a, like a medieval dinner theater show, and we got the call, and they couldn't afford to bring all of us out. So it was like myself and the other sword fighter and uh, the guy that we dressed in drag, played the queen, and then this other girl. Cast of four. Oh, no. I'm wrong. Cast of three. I played because I played two characters. Cast of three. And so, That's how committed she was to each character. Yeah. <laughs> she saw herself as someone else. Yeah, I'm really good at character work. Like, <laughs> Two amazing. tickets on that plane, please. It's almost a mental illness. That's how good I am. Um, so we, we, get, we get taken up, and uh, there's like this building. You get off, and there's a building. And we're like, oh, that must be where we're performing. It's this big metal hut. And then they just keep going. And then there's like a smaller metal hut, and we're like, okay, that's where we're going, because it's a dinner theater show. That's the thing. And then they keep going. And then we come to a bil- a building, what am I even, a structure, and it's just like a roof and like four poles and then mud. And there's a Actually stage, no floor? Like no store, no floor, just mud, and there's a stage. And there are like 300 people waiting for us to do this thing. So they're going to watch us set up. They're going to watch oh. me like, and there's no green room, so I'm like getting into the princess costume in front of everyone with my... You know, my my big chucks underneath it and stuff. And we're setting up this thing and, and like building the sound. And they're just like the whole time they're like this. They're so excited. And we keep thinking, there's no way. There's no way this is going to be a good show. Like this sounds terrible. It's literal mud. It's a two hour show and they're sitting in mud. There's nowhere to sit. And there's flies and oh, and uh, the best part. What time of year is this? This is like uh, August, I think. So it's hot. It's hot, hot and gross. And mosquitoes. And mosquitoes. And there are dirt bikes and four by fours running around the building <laughs> the whole time. And then, so we're like, whatever, just do the show. So we do the show, and it's, you know, it's super simple medieval dinner theater show style. There's no dinner. Just I don't wild. know what medieval theater style dinner show. It's like, you know, it kind of always follows the stru- same structure. Everybody in our show was also like a magician or and could juggle and could do a few things. So we had a lot of variety elements, but it's like a... Some narrative thing, someone needs to get married and take over the kingdom and there's a problem and then we have a sword fight and then the problem is resolved through happy feelings and then a marriage. That's usually the structure. Mm-hmm. And the so It's diff- like a fashion show. It's it, like, what? yeah, pretty, pretty much. Uh, and the thing that we did with ours because we were short people was that we had a hat and if you had the hat on, you played the love interest. And so I would just like switch hats. Like if the guy wasn't doing what I wanted, I would just put the hat on a different guy, which was kind of funny. And, and there's like, there's no way this show is going to work. There's just, you know, dirt bikes. That was written into it, the change. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But it, it slayed. Like, <laughs> we slayed, you know, have They're you ever- still talking about it. still talking about Have you ever had people, this is the first time, that show is the first time it's ever happened to me. You know that thing where the audience is laughing so long that you get bored and you don't know what to do <laughs> with your body? You're like, oh- because, you know, because we all have that when people are laughing and there's like a long laugh in your show, you, there's a face you make. And then you like shift your weight. And then maybe you shift your weight. And then you run out of shit to do. <laughs> like waiting for them to stop laughing. And it just kept happening in the show. And so I just remember taking my hands and putting them like gently behind my back. Like, when am I going to get to the next line? Like, do I step on? It's not that funny. For the record, Dove, you ever had that problem? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd like to plead the fifth. <laughs> I also will not be answering that question at this time. <laughs> it looks well, very awkward. You're so lucky. It's very uncomfortable. You're very, very lucky not to get big laughs, good out. I know. I know. Very fortunate. No, it's great. Those shows are great. But they're and they're, you know, those people that we went and did that show with are my friends for life. It's like going on some big adventure. And did they did they pay well? They paid so well. And you were helicoptered in or what? No, they we they flew us in a tiny little plane with like three. 20 seaters. <laughs> You're making with your hands the yeah. tiny plane. Tiny plane, <laughs> tiny plane. And we had to we were limited in what we could bring for props too. So we had like I think we brought the the juggling clubs and the swords for the sword fight and like a few other things, but we couldn't bring the throne and so you know we we had like one of the ATVs, we had them back it up and we just sat on the back of the ATV. <laughs> yes, that's the throne. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done and it was wonderful it was so so wonderful and what do they do for a living up there i have great question i have no <laughs> idea loose. no she idea i signed fish. like 300 autographs that day too i was like i'm nobody but sure uh it was really great. mud mud flooring they're all yeah, no idea. Yeah. we played uh, we played alaska twice oh my god and people uh after the show they never compliment the show they just say, thanks so much for coming up here. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> thanks so much for coming all this way. It, that sounds like actually it's not thank you. It's, yes, yeah, sorry, you had to come up here. <laughs> like, it's more of an apology. <laughs> Got to save some time. Yeah. And I know that in Alaska, it's nothing but strip clubs. What? I mean, everybody there is working in a strip club because they bring in uh, predominantly male uh, workers to mm. work at like a uh, what do they do? Oil rigging, Oil rigging or yeah. Yeah. stuff Pipelines. like that. And then they Pipelines. have, uh, they get paid really well and there's no place to go. So there's like incredible, huge, like, you know, like bass sporting goods size uh, strip clubs. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The biggest strip clubs I've ever saw were in like Fort McMurray. Like, uh, so Fort McMurray in Alberta is like the closest you can go before you get into the territory. So it's mm. quite far north. It's really cold and it's all oil and gas. And so we would get sent up there to do corporate gigs for like Shell and, you know, all the oil companies all the time, sure. but mostly kids shows. And I went up and I met this girl one time and she was really fun and she came and did bubbles, bubble show. And then she drove down to Calgary so I could teach her how to eat fire. And she just had a vibe to her. And then three weeks later, she's like, hey, can you do another firing class for my friends? And they had a vibe. And so finally afterwards, I was like, oh, let's go for beers after fighting class. And I went, hey, so, you know, what does everyone do? Oh, you know, we're, we're strippers in Fort McMurray. And I went, oh, I'm there all the time. I didn't know they had strip clubs. And they laughed in my face. Like I had done a joke I wasn't aware of. And the next time I was up there, they took me out. And it was the same kind of thing. These like, mm. but they're all from the outside of the strip club. It just looks like a prison or like an office. But like it's, yeah, it's, it's really discreet. <laughs> and then you go in and it's just blah. And it's just, but it's, it's just acres. Yeah, yeah. It's, cool. it's acres of just, just, and they, and it's all, nobody's from Alaska. <laughs> they fly up from LA and you know Vegas in the off season and go up to uh, I don't know if there is an off season in Alaska I don't know I don't even know when you get your go to stripper club license but it's up uh, up in Alaska it's 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 uh, it's it's crazy up there and uh, but I never we never got we never got booked in the Northern Territories and we worked, I believe you have to be Canadian. Oh, you probably do. Yeah, yeah. I occasionally get calls on gigs where they go, "You're not Canadian, are you? Can, could you?" <laughs> Yeah, we did. We, no. We've done we've done Canadian stuff, and we had to bring in like composers and different crew people who were Canadian, or we couldn't do the show. Yeah, lots of like broadcasting rules, and yeah. 
Or, or is the, the broadcasting rule just says, good song, good song, good song, Neil Young. Good song, good song, good song, guess who? Good song, good song, good, right? That's all, I mean, that's, where, that's where the law, the law reads. That, that's how it goes. Yeah. Hey, let's take a little break here and talk about stamps.com. You all know about stamps.com. We talk about it all the time. They have been a supporter of our show forever. I mean, they go back forever, and they are such a wonderful, wonderful company. When you're running a small business, even a se every second, every second counts. Can't afford to waste a single moment. So why are you still taking time out of the day to go to the post office? Why are you doing that? Or you could be using stamps dot com instead stamps.com makes mailing and shipping quick easy and cost effective they've been supporting the show since 2012 come on come on what a great great company saves you time money stress for more than 20 years stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and ups shipping services you need right at your computer you get discounts you can't find anywhere else like up to 30 percent off usps rates and 86 percent off ups it's just really really great all you need is your regular computer and printer no special supplies or equipment stamps.com works seamlessly with uh, Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, that's right, right? eBay and more. So whether you're sending out office invoices or sending out orders of products, you got to use stamps.com, okay? I mean, we use it. We use it for everything and we uh, they're they're also they're so helpful. They're just great to work with. Wonderful. You should have stamps.com already, but I'm glad you don't because they're still advertising. Stop wasting time. Start saving money when you use stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with a promo code Pen for a special office that includes a four-week trial plus free postage in a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter PEN. That's P-E-N-N, stamps.com. I'm going to tell you, I'm down in Australia while these uh, bank shows are, uh, are showing, and I'm really excited about my book. My book, Random, is coming out uh, in the fall, but if you want to get it early, a hardcover copy signed by me, plus this thing called the chat book, which has four short stories that aren't available anywhere else and are going to be part of the book when it really comes out, and get a special discount if you're a Patreon supporter of Penn Sunday School. So you can actually join Patreon and save more money on the book package, which is like 60 bucks or something, if you're a Patreon member. So you can become a Patreon member and then also buy the book package and you actually save money. Anyway, I'm really excited about the book. It's called Random. It's a uh, psychedelic philosophical uh, murder mystery and a love story. Check it out, please. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So how'd you get into, uh, how'd you go from arts <laughs> to fire eating and shit? Uh, so it was kind of the opposite way. Like I, I, uh, I knew how to eat fire. I learned like from a friend of mine and, uh, when I was younger and I was like picking up magic how tricks old? and stuff, uh, probably like 14. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, when I was working with Art of Youth, one of the programs we did was- Now, when you say Art of Youth, does everybody in Canada go, oh, yeah? No. Okay, no, no. Good. It was like a weird program. No one knows what that means. No one knows what you that means. You say is. that like I'm supposed to know. No, it's just an anchoring sentence so that the next thing I say has okay. a category to get put into. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the things they do is we, we work with people with disabilities and we do art with them. Mm-hmm. And so there was this gentleman there who had like, he had really crazy arthritis, so his fingers kind of came out the sides. Mm-hmm. And we went and helped him with some stuff. And he was an old sideshow guy from Europe. And he had all this crazy stuff in his garage. And so I volunteered to come help a few weeks later and he showed me some cool tricks. And that's kind of how I first picked up fire eating was this this like old guy who kind of didn't even teach me. He just sort of went, this is a possible thing, do it. And I went, okay, I'm a child, I don't know. And then, you know, I got kind of good at it. So when I got kicked out at 16, I didn't have a lot of skills. By the way, we're still on your parents' side. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm on my parents' side. I was the one that started the conversation with, I was a jerk. Um, the skill set I had was I could do a few card tricks, I could still walk, and I could eat fire. You do strap? strap You're set for life. The, yeah, yeah. Just like all of us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here. And so- We all know. I got kicked out in like uh, like October 3rd or something, which meant Halloween season was coming. Mm-hmm. And I managed to get a gig- at 16 at a haunted house doing five shows a night five 10 minute shows a night i had no act right so i I learned how to walk on broken glass and more stuff from this guy and i you know you do five shows even at 16 five shows a night 10 minutes a show in a haunt so it's Mm -hmm. like there are carnival games and everything's more interesting than you for 23 days oh yeah sure i got like kind of okay not great And then you don't have to walk out with anything for that. Yeah, not a thing. It was yeah. it was great. So I you know I picked up I pay, I had an act. I had ten minutes, not great, but ten minutes. And then a few other magicians saw that act and went, "Hey, couldn't you do balloon animals?" And I fucking couldn't do. I didn't even know. I don't think I'd ever seen a balloon animal. Balloon sculpture. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so uh, and so some, one of these magicians was like, "Hey, can you? Uh, we have a bunch of balloon gigs over Christmas. Can you? You can do balloons." And I was like, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> Of course I can. That's a real variety artist right yep. there. Yeah. That's how you learn to do all these skills. Yeah, and Somebody uh, says, can you unicycle? And you go, yeah, of course. How long have you got till you need me to do it? Yeah. And I was very lucky <laughs> to one on the way have home. YouTube. I learned, I learned like, uh, I here's the other problem. I didn't know what the the level of skill was right. that was expected. So I, um, I, as, I learned from YouTube. So I assumed like the big nonsense people were making was like the base. So I showed up for my first balloon gig doing like Mario's and Pink Panthers, <laughs> <laughs> like 14 balloon sculpt with like little pieces that go inside and light up things. And everyone was like, holy crap, who's this kid? And so people just, the, all, the whole like entertainment community just assumed I was some 20 year old girl who'd been around for forever. So they just kept handing me gigs. So I, and. And that was what they actually, the guy said to the judge, right? He said, <laughs> what? But your honor, yeah, I, could, so I had confident. no way of telling. She could do Mario with the <laughs> yeah. I figured she had the age of consent. That is yeah. not a child's game. But no. it's Canada, so they let them off because they're very nice. <laughs> We're just nice people. And it just kept happening. Like, people would go, oh, well, can you do can you do a walk-around gig? And I'm like, yeah, of course I could do a walk-around Google, you know. Yeah. And so I just got to the point where people just assumed I could do everything because I kind of could. could. Yeah, sure. yeah, I kind of could. I made a video a few years ago because I could, once magic really took over, I felt my other skills starting to wane. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I made a little video that I call Every Trick in the Book. And it's just me doing like a little bit of juggling and a little bit of still walking. Because I know, I can tell I'm like four years away from being that person that's like, oh, I used to do acrobat. I used to be able to do a backflip. I'm pretty much that person. So I made that video and making it was so fun because it made me realize like, oh, look at all the crap I learned. <laughs> 
Well, you know, the, the, but what you're what what you're ignoring is that well, not ignoring, but we're all aware of is that you're you're only doing the one skill. Mm. The one skill you're doing is being you on stage and being entertaining, and the other stuff is just you know. Teller used to say um, that what you're doing when you're learning skills is giving people an excuse to stare at you because mm. all you want to do is stare at other people. And he would always say that the the stuff doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. And well, I mean, I'm just doing a very roundabout way if it's the singer, not the song. Yeah. I mean, once there's you and you know how to stand on stage and command attention, balloon animals and fire reading are the exact same thing. Yeah. So the so the stuff you're picking up on on YouTube is just how to dress up that showing up there. Although the difference is that I don't be myself on stage. Like the the one essential thing you're saying that's I don't and I kind of never have like I've done characters since day one pretty much. Yeah, well, I don't know. I like to believe, and I think this is just a distortion in order for the world to fit my view of it. But uh, I believe you have to see through characters. They have to be the, the there has to be an essential truth. Yeah, of course. Within a character. Yeah, but I that the truth is like a refined. You know what? Lucy is my is my pride, and Lucy is my. Um, wish for a life. It's like my. It's like I wish the world was the way she sees it. Mm -hmm. But she's she's like it, there is a truth in there that is me. But it's super not me. Like it's so it's so not me that if I do Lucy in the evening and I wake up the next day, it I don't have full memories of doing it. Like I I have to really try to have memories because it stores in a whole different part of my brain. Well, in case people don't know, uh, Lucy Darling is a character that you do. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does magic and stuff. That's because uh, Goudot's introduction was his usual. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Fantastic. It, it, I know what you're going to say. You don't need to say it. Well, well oh, yeah. I was going to say. I appreciate it. I forgot you. about that. In, in, impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's I, right. I love being ineffable, so the more confusing I am, <laughs> okay. the better. Next yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, uh, so you um how do you spell ineffable so you have been uh you've been working in show business that's the only job you've ever had pretty much i mean i kept for a while i was a preschool teacher and i um at boys and girls club and i like taught kids for a while but that was the part-time job like the i made the money doing the show this was always the focus and actually there was a point where boys and girls club was getting annoyed that i was you know not available on the weekends and something and stuff and so they sat me down and they went, you know, we've really invested a lot of time in you and we believe in you and you got to make a choice. And it seemed and like- And then a convoy of people showed up. <laughs> and ushered her Took out all of my office. stuff. I, I chose to be a teacher. Like I loved it and I loved those kids and I had a good time and it seemed like, you know, that's what you do, right? That's, that's the default choice. So, and she goes, really think about it. And I went home and I was like, no, of course I want to, I love working here. This is great. And I came the next day. And I sat down at her desk and she's like, what did you decide? Well, I decided I'm going to work here. And she goes, that's great. We're going to build a whole new program for you. We're going to give you way more responsibilities. We're going to give you a raise, a new title. You know, all I need to see from you is where you want to see yourself in five years. And I burst into tears. Like she had, like she had, you know, like you've been punched in the nose, you know, like. I have. And it's like swells in your face through your eyes. Oh, yeah. It felt exactly like that. Like exactly. 
exactly like that. Have you been punched in the well, nose? I was okay, a street good. performer. Good. I got punched <laughs> in the nose a bunch. Because I was afraid that you hadn't been and you were just describing no. it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Get punched right in the nose, right in the sinuses. And so I, yeah, so I quit. And then that was the day I went full time. And the cool thing is five years to the month from that day is the first world record which is very cool. Oh, that is funny. Well, you should talk about, oh, actually, no, you shouldn't talk about that yet. I want to get to that in a minute. But, <laughs> but uh, we, Don't talk we gotta, about that. Now, did you go to college or anything? Mm-hmm. How'd you slip college in when you go from? I don't, you know, entertainment pays pretty well. And it's not the same day as you're doing classes. Uh, college and being a performer go very well together. That's oh, my God. My especially dad. in Canada. Especially <laughs> in Canada. I went to art school as well. So it was very easy to kind of juggle both because art is, you know, you, I could kind of put it in. And what people talk about, like kind of what I talk about art school, I realize I never intended to be a visual artist. I was going to pick up skills for entertainment. Like I was going there to learn how to design sets and be an illustrator and do my own graphic design. Like it was... It was, I very much thought of it as like an education in performance. But they knew that, right? It, was, it wasn't just, it was also performing arts as well as graphic arts, right? Yeah, but it was much, it was really focused on fine art. And so, you know what it did give me that I wasn't expecting is it gave me a language to basically do like dick jokes and crowd work and then tell buyers that it's art. Like what? I'm really good at being like, really what I'm doing is I'm creating a character that is, you know, designed to be a modern representation of the world's desire for aesthetic and freedom. And really, it's like, it's just dick jokes and crowd work. Right now, every podcaster's nodding and smiling. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Man's inhumanity to man. So, so you were going to college and doing shows. Mm -hmm. Now, the world's record that you, owe, that you hold, you hold more than one? I do. I, have t I think I have two right now. It's tough because people like try to beat stuff and then sometimes you're like, I don't care anymore. I've had three world records. Like I've, I've beat three world records and uh, I think I hold two. Okay. I'd have to Google it. Because we, we had a world's record for something. We for, I forgot it. Wasn't the animal one? Because you were, oh, yeah, yeah. You we were had, on the other we, page of like, this is had, me and the, the book. One. This we, produced, we produced the most, um, most dangerous animals. Oh, no, the most animals. I think it was I think the, the most, biggest number. Most living yeah, creatures. Most living creatures or yeah. something. Yeah, I remember because- They like, were all so dangerous. In the year I was in the- It was bees. <laughs> it was bees. In the year I was in the book, if, if you open the first page, it was the sideshow stuff, and there's a huge picture of me. And the next page, that's you guys. It's a, a smaller picture than the one of you. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, that's good because girl, so. they would be they would be they would be upset if the person that had a bigger picture didn't remember what their <laughs> world's record was. Uh, and since you remember your world's record, why don't you tell us what it is? Uh, I held firing my teeth for two minutes and one second. The official world record is tooth teething, longest tooth teething, which is like a classic, you know, longest tooth what teething teething. It's like a classic fire eating trick where you just hold the torch in your teeth. You're holding it, just biting it. Yeah, just biting it. And just hold it back. Yeah. And is there a limit to how long you can do it? I mean, the torch goes out eventually. Oh. So I I only stopped because the, the torch started to die and I thought it wasn't like impressive anymore. I probably could have done another 30 seconds. <laughs> once well, once it goes the car's out, out oh, yeah. yeah, I could have just kept Four it days. forever. It's just thirst. <laughs> then it's just thirst. They could probably feed you with the droppers. <laughs> Starvation. <laughs> then you're just holding just a Give me an IV. <laughs> I'll be fine. 
yeah, no, it was it was really cool. The crazy thing is that when, why did the person before you stop, or did you create that one? No, it, somebody already had it. Actually, a bunch of people had done it before me. When they called me for it, they were like, "Oh, the record is at thirty two seconds. You think you can beat it?" And I went in my garage and I was like, "I got to like fifty six, no problem." I was like, "Yeah, of course." And I'd never been to Italy. I'd never been overseas. Oh, you did, I did the one in Italy as well. Oh, the Los Show de Record? Yeah, that was great. It was, it was so great. great. That was really fun. They, and um, I got to meet the the world's smallest girl and pet the world's smallest horse. It was a great time. <laughs> I had a great time in Italy. So, no, I, I hung out with a, uh, a guy who could pull train cars with his mustache. <laughs> oh, man. I got to hang out with the Harlem Globetrotter guys. Nice. They are so fun. Because you did the apple eating, right? Did the apple eating one, yeah. And what world record do you have, Matt Donnelly? Uh, I'm working on a few. <laughs> I like to rush into these. I, I was a part of a chain of people that established the world's longest chain of tequila slamming uh, shots. Oh, that's one to tell the kids about. Uh, so proud. Oh, yeah, especially because it was at my bar hosted it when I was in the Virgin Islands at Margarita Phil's. Not Margarita Vills. Margarita Margarita <laughs> Space <laughs> Phil's Margarita. is where I was bartending. Oh, boy. Yeah. What's the other record you have? Uh, I have the record for most fire torches ignited using only electricity being pushed through the human body. Oh, the, the yeah. electric girl. Yeah, electric girl. Electric girl. And we <laughs> and I beat it with science, which makes me really happy. Because the record had stood at 12 uh, torches for forever. And uh, I found well, a why, picture. Why couldn't you just go forever? I mean, what stops you? In a minute. You got a minute. Oh, a minute. In a minute. Oh, yeah. there's a time constraint. A time constraint, yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, I found that it eventually, like, started to fry my brain because I would, it just, you know, starts messing up the electrical impulses in my head. Cause I, that can't be true. Yeah, I was really dopey afterwards. Yeah, it could have been the way I was I'm doing it. Well, I'm skeptical. Well, I promise you I felt very dopey. I was, I was, well, I don't I doubt anybody <laughs> feels dopey. I'm just not saying the electricity had anything to do with it. Uh, well, it could have been the fumes. I mean, I've done that record a bunch, and every single time I'm like, ugh. Like, it, I can't, you know, I can't pay attention. It fries my ability to, like, focus and pay attention in my speech a little bit. And where are you, where are you doing the plate? Uh, I would do it with a violet ray in one hand and then my hand outstretched on the other side because I had more control over the voltage and amperage. My dad and I rigged it up so that we had like a lot of control so that we could get it just right, which is how we got the record was that we really dialed in like exactly as high as I could handle so that I could arc it and just basically go bam, 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 bam and get it done because it's, it's tough. It's like the, you know. It's actually quite hard to get the spark to do the light. Well, unless you have a little piece of metal sticking out the end of the yeah, we, cotton. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So we had, yeah. we had it wrapped in copper wire. Which is what you don't wire. want if you're doing fire either. <laughs> no, you do not. You a little piece different. of wire sticking out of the cotton. <laughs> you don't want that. No. Because no. when I first did fire reading, I had no idea how you do it. So I was t tying with wire and stuff and burning the shit out of everything. Mm. Um, Jesus. I just burned the shit out. I mean, I, I came, I mean, I just, uh, I remember I worked on it all day and my, my girlfriend came home who I was living with at the time and my whole mouth was just open source. Just, oh. just, just big blisters and cause I didn't know what I was doing. And I thought if you was really hurting, you were doing it right. <laughs> That's the new England in me. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt about sex the first time. That is also not true. <laughs> the uh, blisters or the pain? Both. <laughs> uh, and, and I will respectively disagree. <laughs> uh, but but uh, when when I thought when I saw that you hold, held fire in your mouth for the world's record, I thought it was retaining the uh, the vapor. 
That I had that record also, but is I that don't. A, is that a record? Yeah, that's one of the records, the longest vapor hold. I only had it for like I think a week, and then somebody beat that's me. a long time to hold the vapor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, right. I think my I held it for uh, forty-one seconds. I was able to hold vapor. Oh, that's a long time. That's a long time, and it it really hurts. Like that last twelve seconds was deeply, deeply painful. Yeah, there are a few listeners who are ignorant to eating fire. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't understand uh, the pain of holding vapor versus I don't understand. Well, you have you have fuel that's bur- you have vapor that's burning in your mouth. Okay. Yeah. So if you think about it, like where the fire is the hottest is at the top, not at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So with porch teething, the coldest part of the fire is in your mouth. Still hot, but like, you know, you're at an advantage. With the vapor, the vapor part is sitting lower in your mouth. So the hot part of the flame is the one that's touching your lips. Uh-huh. So it's way more painful. Well, you actually, you, that's not to scale. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't look at my hands. I'm exaggerating. For yeah, because the distance from the back of your mouth <laughs> to your lips is not... 10 inches. No. Or all porn would look different. <laughs> it would Correct. be incredibly different Correct. things. This model is not to scale. No, not to scale. Things okay. may appear uh, larger. All right. So I was I was intimidated by fire eating and now I'm less so. <laughs> okay. So the, the, just the fuel is hot in your mouth. Well, no. The fuel is burning in your mouth. The vapor is hot in your the mouth. The vapor. Well, the vapor. When you... Uh, where the vapor is ignited, you is never your lips. Uh, fuel the gasoline doesn't burn. The vapor off the gasoline burns. Right. So it's the same thing with fire eating. You have your fuel, and it's burning on a torch. You pull it off with your lips, and you've pulled off the vapor that's burning. Okay. You know when you you've seen our show. Yes. When I take one torch in my mouth and pull it out, then a little while later do a little blast of fire and it blows up and lights the other torch. Yes. That's the time between the one torch and the other torch is what she's talking about. Oh my gosh! You know that forty minutes would be crazy. I'm doing like five yeah. seconds, and the audience is going, "Oh, that's great, five seconds." But you know, if you do like fifty. Would you say 54? Uh, 41. 41 seconds. That's a wicked long time. You have to exhale all that time. Yeah, right? I had to so do breathing a, exercises yeah. to get it. Um, well, very, very, very light exhale. Yeah. You're hardly exhaling at all. Yeah. What you don't want to do is be inhaling at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be hard to do. I mean, like, I bet that's a mistake people make often. I made the but mistake. probably once. Once of uh, doing... A flame, re- uh, doing a vapor retention in my mouth. Yeah. And I was in Philadelphia because I remember it. And I remember that um, somebody said something in the audience. Uh, and I had the best comeback <laughs> I ever thought of in my life. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was absolute genius. I was holding the retention back and I took a breath in, deep breath, in order to answer that person. Yeah. And I sucked a fireball deep into my lungs oh. and there was not a quick clever answer. <laughs> uh there was coughing and screaming and for two weeks afterwards i was still coughing up bloody chunks oh, oh you got it bad bloody chunks is i think one of the clowns you worked with <laughs> yeah. in the northern territories That's also the name of your autobiography yeah bloody chunks bloody, bloody chunks, chunks. chunks I- is my dog <laughs> I've uh, I've done it three times. I've had three in. Yeah. Oh, once for me. Yeah, but I didn't have it that bad. Uno. I uh, mine, but all three times they were like a knock knock you down hurt and like a little heartburny. But that was it. I didn't get the like bloody chunks. Well, level. you know, you don't have um, you don't have uh, pain receptors there. 
So you you breathe it in, it burns everything on the way down, and then you don't notice till you're coughing up stuff you shouldn't be coughing up. And you, you go to a doctor, and the doctor says, don't breathe, eat fire. Okay, you you, uh, you want to like a horror, sideshow horror story? Sure. This is my favorite one. I've only just started telling this again, like, at Magi Fest. I told it to Apollo Robbins, then I was like, oh, I guess this is a good story, because, see, you know, he was terrified. So, uh, And he stole I, everything on you. He's, yeah, I used to do blockhead. Sure. Uh, I guess I technically still do. And I would do with a lobotomy spike. And I had this cool idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if like we do a, it combined with a mind reading trick where somebody like writes something on a coin, I push the coin into my forehead and then I can know what was on the coin and then I can like lobotomize myself and pull the coin out of my nose. Good. That'd be a cool trick. Uh, in practice, too many elements, not a good idea. Also, the following. So I had been working on it at a couple of places. I used to, when I was in Calgary, when I had a new idea, I'd go to open mic nights and burlesque shows and I would just work on stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would always give me 10 minutes. Like they were so happy to give me 10 minutes. I was so lucky. I had so many places to be shit. And so there was this burlesque show and I thought the act was getting pretty good. So I invited a few magician friends to come watch it. So they're all sitting in the back row. Free tickets to a burlesque show, not a bad deal. And so they come and they watch like tits, tits, tits. Then I'm up and I come and I do this thing. And I had created this really fun like vanish where like I just chuck it into my bracelet. I'd built like a compartment. So proud of it. And I push this diamond to my forehead, and I'm so full of myself, like, oh, yeah, I'm hilarious. Those boys, they love that vanish. They they don't know shit. And uh, now how it works is there's a duplicate diamond in my nose. And my confidence was such that I didn't think about the diamond in my nose and went, just a little. Uh, Oh, yeah. And it took it from where it was to just a little further back. And I didn't check it before I pushed the lobotomy spike. Oh, so I managed to push the dime about halfway through. Now, halfway is the exact wrong amount you want it in your nose. <laughs> because now there's a pretty significant decision to be made. So I realized, okay, well, I could end the act here and go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Or I have this lobotomy spike. Oh, yeah. I could just, you know, in for a dime, in for a pound. I could just push it the rest of the way through. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that felt like out. the sure. better decision. So I, like, grab onto the end of this, and I find the end of the dime, and I just, ugh, like, thrust it into my face. I managed to get it to the back of my throat, cough it into my mouth, put it in my hand, but now i got to do the dime switch. So then you see me cough out this bloody, bloody dime and switch <laughs> it for a very clean one. <laughs> it's a very, very clean switch, but not in the way you're hoping we, we for. We call that... We, we call that an added effect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a bonus for you. And I can feel my face like starting to swell and I can feel the blood is coming. It's coming. Like a lot of it is yeah. coming. So I go, thank you very much. And I run off stage and I grab all of the, the cloths I can find, like, like little tissues and things and push them against my face. And I walk to the back of the room and the boys are there with the notepads. I bought them. I bought them these cute little notepads from the dollar store to give me notes on my act. And they all look up at the same time to basically give me the same note of like, maybe it should come through your nose and not through your mouth. That doesn't make sense. And I just, <laughs> I pull this bulk of tissues away from my face and a fountain of blood just falls directly. And they're like, Ugh! and we went to the emergency room. Uh, you horrible. had to go to the ER? Oh, absolutely. And what did they do at the ER? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing yeah. to do. That's why I was wondering why you would go to the ER. Just still for a sec. They're not, they're not going to do yeah. a thing. They gave me, uh, they like, they put a camera in my nose to take mm-hmm. a look at the tear. They said, push this through, motherfucker. <laughs> right. And I was like, no problem. Uh, actually, you know, what was really fun is with, with the pandemic, you have to do all these like COVID tests. And I've been going back and forth to Canada. So I've done a ton of COVID tests. And I also do blockhead. And do you know, right. jo- do you know, Jordan Gold is? 
He's a really great magician out of LA. He runs the magic puzzle company. He's awesome. Anyway, we all went to FISM together with like Coronel and everyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I booked everybody's COVID test at the airport because I am extremely competent. And uh, uh, he got to go and get his first. And I watched his little face. It was his first COVID test. And he, I watched him just be like, mm, trying to be so brave because he didn't want me to see him flinch so brave. And I just, the whole time, I'm like, I'm about to make that man feel fucking two inches tall and then i walked up to get my covid test and the whole time i'm texting on my phone and i just like look up at him and make unbroken eye contact because i'm like fuck you bitch i've been practicing for this for 16 years i, I love that i love that everybody had to do blockhead yeah, for the that, last two years yeah i know it's, it's great the covid tests are like people talking about oh they got i'm good and he goes what the fuck are you talking yeah about? come on that's i just that. to do that professionally that's but yeah that. it's so yeah they've stood a camera in it and they they determined like there was nothing to be done. It's like Indiana Jones. They had half of a dime marked on her nose. <laughs> <laughs> One side. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. And the crazy thing is that I had written that for a really specific show that was two weeks away. And I still did it. I just used the other nostril. Uh-huh. And uh, it was not pleasant. I can only do blockhead in one because I, I say that's pretty have good. a deviated septum. Oh. So I'm only going here with the, with the blockhead. But I never did. Any, I could never find a presentation of blockhead that fit my... Uh, my style so I, uh, I used to do 10 needles i do five on each side and that was that was good for the street because it was a good like crowd gather something to count something edgy something for a bunch of people to hold like it was a good way to get a front edge yep nothing uh, n- just nothing that that ever hit me i would do it with corn dogs at the world's fair <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're gonna do more of this we're gonna do it after this because that was business ago that was <laughs> cha-cha-cha it was you become naked. I also hurt myself uh, really bad sword swallow. Really bad. I've been hurt doing stuff. But <laughs> a dime to the sinuses. Oh, that seems really hard. My sinuses are particularly teeny tiny, so. I would- Braggart. Got a little head. Nothing wrong with a little head. <laughs> you know, we love you. You got anybody to thank there, Matt Dudley? Oh, yeah. The people support us at patreon.com slash pen, Placida Scott, Damian Martin, Adam Luce Loves, Matthew, Michael, Penn, and Reddy, Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, Mary M. Engels, Scott Kelly, Kelly M., Adam Burzens, Matthew Applehands, Fractured Adventures, Carlos Alvarez, Michael Cornwall, Ross Devereaux, Rude Dudley, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bacher, Eric Dobell, Michael Torbay, Elon Lee, Jacob McCulley, Kelsey Johnson, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nick Hemsing, Music Man, and Jamie Thrasher. Thanks so much. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 